High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Thanks for joining me, and welcome, those of you who are pop sensations, or those of you who are hoping to tell your secret crush how you feel about them, or even those of you who've gotten into college and you don't know how to tell your parents, and all of you who are enjoying the holiday season. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some I iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and while the party's not at my place this evening, the party's somewhere else. But you know, we have some homework to chat about, so let's walk and talk, let's walk and talk. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So did you enjoy last week's episode, last week's special Hallmark Christmas movie episode. The movie, of course, is Homegrown Christmas. I mean, even if you didn't see the movie, it was a really funny episode. Joe, too, is always a blast, and I had such a good time recording that episode and just talking about Hallmark films. And honestly, no offense, but if you've seen one, you've seen them all. So if you couldn't track down Homegrown Christmas, just watch another one and listen to the episode because, again, we have a great time. And of course, you can check out that episode wherever you're listening to us today, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Stitcher, whether it be, what am I missing? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, of course, for you Android users. (laughs) I mean, of course... If you're there, well, you are because you're listening now, hit that subscribe button. That's super, super important to the algorithm that helps determine, you know, the ranking of this show and such. Also, write us a review. We really, really, really appreciate your feedback. And speaking of feedback, remember, High School Slumber Party is on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Class participation is a huge part of your grade. So please, 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 reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Well, today we have another Christmas movie. The film is a Netflix film, one that just came out, Let It Snow. And sorry if I seem a little rushed, but I'm going to a Christmas party today. And, you know, my guest today, Kyle Reinfried, well, he's the host. So we're going to have to squeeze in this episode between Secret Santa and a rousing game of the Minister's Cat. Hey, Brian, welcome. You're the first one here. 
Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having me this year. I mean, remember you came to my party last year. I very much enjoyed that. Uh, figured more people would be here, but that's okay. No, the, well, it's fine. All I need, all I want for Christmas, all I need for Christmas is you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But tell you what, it smells good in here. Uh, as the host of Foodie Films, I'm sure you have a nice Christmas It's just a bread. gingerbread uh, candle. Okay, yeah. figured. <laughs> Beautiful tree, though. Beautiful tree. Thank you. Yeah, it's got the peacock on top of a gift you gave me last Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's. I mean, it's awesome to see that you use my gifts. Yeah. Often I give gifts to people and they disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is in lieu of a uh, an angel or a star. There's a peacock on the top of because the tree. Because people have often called you... A peacock. A peacock. Yes. Because of your plume of feathers. And Gotta let colorful... me fly, Captain. Because <laughs> of your colorful robes, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, you know, a little unorthodox today, but thank you so much for, you know, agreeing to do this episode before most of your guests arrive. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, that's it's good that they're not here yet, so we can record this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought we'd have a crowd if this would be like our live episode, back uh-huh. in the days of our live circuit of P.S. I Love Hoffman, our, our circuit of one, one show. show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mentioned this to you before, and I'll just mention it again to all our audience members. Not a lot of uh, Christmas high school movies. Hmm. Now... Hmm. Are there a lot of Christmas um, foodie films? Not off the top of my head. There's a lot of, uh, you know, food scenes, Christmas food scenes. Very true, very true. And again, almost every good Christmas movie has good Christmas food scenes, that's for sure. Yes, Now, um, I'm sure I've asked you this before. I don't know, on air, off air. We've done a lot of shows together, but what are some of your favorite Christmas traditions? Well, do you like the Christmas season? Some people don't. I should say holiday season. Well, I I, I um, celebrate Christmas, so it's the Christmas as a good season Christian. for me. As a good, yes, as a good Christian, my Christian <laughs> heritage. Uh, I love Christmas. It might be my favorite holiday. I do love that, and Fourth of July. So, so you're very... into America and Jesus, exactly. They kind of got yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally. I'm all about mixing. Church and state. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my style. Uh, no, I, I, so yeah, I love Christmas. I'm not religious, so it's become, you know, it's just much more about family and friends and catching up with people. And obviously, I mean, sure, we exchange gifts, but try to keep it simple and just show, you know, how you, you know, just you thinking of someone and something like that maybe reflects through the gift. But, uh, I mean, I, I love the food, and as far as traditions go, um, it's still pretty much this way, but, like, we would always see my dad's side of the family uh, Christmas Eve night, and that's my Italian grandmother, the one that I stole the line, there's a, there's more to cut, the, the tagline for my show, Foodie Films, and so we would always go there, still going there this year, and it's homemade spinach raviolis and like a whole Italian feast and then cream puffs, her homemade cream puffs, my favorite dessert in the world. Um, and then Christmas Day was always like me and my like core family. And then we would s- switch between my mom and her siblings, like the houses. So mm. that's the usual routine. And, uh, and then for a good while after college, I was hosting, which you attended, I believe all of them. Yeah. 
like in in some capacity or another. Yes. Even if it was just dipping in for yes. a couple of them. Uh, but uh, me and Dan Ferrara, who's been on uh, a few of your, we, I mean, we were on an episode together in Sino Man on uh, this lovely podcast, and he's been on, I know, a few with his wife. Yeah, Dan Ferrara. Um, uh, yeah, regular guest. He'll definitely be featured in 2020 as well. Yeah. So we we hosted, I want to say seven. And we called those Christmas carousals because I love alliteration, as you all know if you <laughs> listen to my podcast. And uh, yeah, and those were great because it all it started off as like obviously we're all high school friends, and then I went to a college nearby, and then he went to another state school in Jersey, more like you know like Rowan, which is in like South Jersey. And so it was like all of our college friends were meeting and then even my parents, they would go out to dinner, but they would come back and they would be hanging out with us. And I know they always loved seeing people and catching up with them. So that was a great tradition for a while, but then he had to leave me and move down to, to, to Hamilton. <laughs> I, do I notice some resentment in your voice? That... No, not at all. <laughs> it's the holiday season. No resentment here. <laughs> you lost a friend to marriage. It happens to, to all of us. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, You're still friends. We're yeah. all still friends, obviously. Yeah. We're just joking. We're just joking. Um, another tradition I know you keep because I already admired your tree already is that you and your family cut down your own trees, right? Yeah, that wasn't always the case, uh, but it has been for... Well, there was the four years you were ostracized from your family. That's true. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> when I practiced... Judaism and Hanukkah instead. No, I'm <laughs> no. kidding. Uh, oh, so that hasn't always been the case? Because I feel like it's been the case. No, 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 no. Not, um, I mean, I guess, a, I guess a lot longer than I'm thinking now. I don't know. On, on and off from like freshman year of high school on. There's some years. I mean, that's, that's a while. That's no, it is a, no, that a is a while now. So that's like since like 2001. <laughs> so that is a while. But I'm saying, but there definitely were, I'd say. So how, what, how many? So the tradition hasn't been going that long. It's 19 years. 18 years. 18 years, um, whatever. Sorry, I forgot. No, but I would say like closer to like 11 of those 18 years. If the tradition was your child. You would have well, to stop paying. Well, tradition to me like uh, means like every support. year, and then so then, but there weren't those because there are just some years where we all can't go the same day, whether it's because of work or someone's away or something like that. So, um, I know there was a handful of times that like specifically my dad and I, um, would always go out and just like go like to like a, um, a place and just pick out a tree, not not cut it down. But but you know still. But yes, it's a fun, and now it's, my parents are getting one for their, their, you know, the house I grew up in, my sister, brother-in-law, and my niece, she's celebrating her second Christmas, they're getting one for their place, and then I got one for my place, so it's like we uh, get three trees, I got my little tree. It's a lot easier to shop for a little tree than finding the perfect big tree. And that's not a little tree, you know. Some people think, because, look. It's like four feet tall, yeah. I live in Manhattan, though. People get little trees that are like two feet tall, you know. Sure, yeah. But it's 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 not what you're expecting. It's not like your childhood tree. No, yeah, we would get like nine foot trees. Yeah, Yeah. so. I mean, it's a fun time of the year, that's for sure. And even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's still the holiday season. And look, if you're sick of things, okay. It could be a little rough if you come from like, a family of divorce, you got to go see a lot of people, and I know that's like, could be stressful, but at the end of the day, you're eating good food, and everyone's full of jolly mirth, and there's a lot of parties, and it is a good time, that's for sure. I'm trying to think if we had any high school Christmas traditions. 
Not really. Like you and I? Well, yeah, it's like friends. Like we never <laughs> did like a secret Santa or anything like that. I'm just trying to think. Like the only two things I can think of when it comes to high school and Christmas time is they would always make us clean out our lockers before Christmas oh, break. Oh yeah. Um, and then specifically senior year over Christmas break, we shot one of our films, Lost in Suburbia, that week. Classic. I remember being very warm because <laughs> while I am the cliche white guy that doesn't know when to go from shorts to pants. Uh, I remember it being specifically warm that I was wearing like a hoodie and shorts and being very comfortable wow. comfortable out that global uh, warming the even back winter, then huh? yeah back in 2004 yeah wow so yeah and you mentioned so that would um, be the 15th anniversary of making that film we should release the 15th anniversary <laughs> DVD. I have it I have it here <laughs> um, a funny thing that, though you mentioned cleaning out lockers, and recently you were telling this story to, I forgot who, some people, about what my locker looked like in high school. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll let you tell the story again, as if you were, you know, just describe it, please, and I'll verify it or not. All right, so, I mean, we were upstairs B hallway, and since we both have last names with R's, we were near one, I mean, we were in homeroom, and then our lockers were near one another, and your locker would just be looked like stuff was just absolutely shoved in there. Like, there was, like, a little... There was an up... There was a upstairs, like, cubby thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there was any shelf in the long part, but I know there no. were... No. I know there were hooks, hooks, though. Yeah. But, like, it's not like any of the clothes were in there were on hooks. There was, like, usually, I'd say, at least two pairs of shoes in there, uh, multiple hoodies, shorts. I mean, you were on the track team and stuff like that. Then there would be... DVDs or VHS tapes, yeah. sometimes uh, a, a Dooku lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> it was more of like a fun, like, haha storage unit, like a yeah, gag. Yeah, it was like Barney's like a, magic. <laughs> yeah, the Barney like, bag. Barney bag. <laughs> <laughs> I used, like, a Lost and Found, um, the Lost and Found shelf as my locker for books and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah, that, yeah, the one right outside the cafeteria. Yeah, that was like my yeah. staging area, and I used my locker for God knows what. Um, with another locker story that uh, I might have told in this podcast, I might not have, but how I used to switch um, friends of ours' lockers. Yes. Like, just open them up. Do the combos. Yeah. Like, take the stuff from one, put it in the other, take the, you know, switch them up, and, you know, they would rock that for a while. And <laughs> yeah, and just, like, and... be fine with using one of them. I mean, no one ever, I never locked my locker. People, we were just so like, what did we have? What possessions did yeah, we have exactly. at that age? Yeah, exactly, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't leave an engagement ring in my locker, or it was kind of a little bit before computers, too. Not before they invented computers. I want to be clear, guys, but before, but before kids we were had carrying laptops. Computers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, taking notes on laptops. But even then, I think they're carrying, they're using them from class to class now, so you're never, like, keeping your locker. Yeah, fair, fair. So, yeah, but, yeah, that was, but they always, they made, they made it a point, yours and Sam's, to well, make well, sure they were cleaned out. Yeah, and one year, both Sam and I didn't clean it out for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Sam was collecting orange, orange soda yeah, bottles. Fa- Fanta bottles. Fanta think, bottles, yeah. and he stacked the entire thing. And I just left stuff in there, because, like, I'm like, what are they going to do? Yeah. And they, anything that wasn't a book, yeah, they threw it out. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Like DVDs they threw out and Sam's they wow. just cleared. Yeah. So they would go through all the lockers during Christmas break. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. It's like, crazy, but now like kids bring like bombs to school and guns. Like, please yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm not gonna, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, that <laughs> I'll lose that little bit of freedom for the safety of others. Sure. And today, um, you, 
again, you're having me over, and we're going to talk about a film that you and I had not seen because it just came out. Because as I said, there's not a lot of high school uh, Christmas films. And it's weird because you would think like it's it's a big genre. Yeah. It's a big holiday. It just doesn't happen a lot. Huh. It, yeah. It's, oh, this is families, but it's rarely like based on high school kids. Um, we did one last week and it was a Hallmark film. and It was like vaguely high school. Uh, but this week is Let It Snow on Netflix, and Netflix gave us a little bit of a Christmas gift, because a couple of people pointed this out to me when the trailers were coming out, and I'm like, oh my god, thank you Netflix for creating like a niche here, or filling a void that hadn't existed before. Yeah, and Netflix is good at that. Yeah, pretty much, and, and you know, it's not, I think it's fair to say that it's not The Irishman in length and... No, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. And, and we'll, of the time. And we'll and... talk about that. So, Kyle, I mean, let's get into it then. Let's talk about this film, Let well, It but, Snow. But before we do, and I am excited to talk about Let It Snow. I am. <laughs> but I, I do have, I remember I have one, you know, kind of last tradition, and that's, I, you know, I, I mean, I think a lot of people have this, but singing together at Christmas time. Oh, of course. And, and, I, and I love... To quote Lost in Suburbia, my too late for Christmas like karaoke party. Ooh, ooh, a reference that three people will get. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, let's. I want to sing a song, a song that has a strong message. Oh, okay. If that's okay. If that's we we sang a song last year. I didn't, you know, I didn't warm my vocals for this year. But neither have I. Hey, it's your party. Of just the two of us. And that's, and that's a song. Just a, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow, breaking out the karaoke machine? Okay. Yeah, here we go. I, look, I've got it all queued up. Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys. Playing with bombs like kids play with toys. One warm December, our hearts will see. A world where men are free. Oh, I know this one. Someday at Christmas, there'll be no wars. When we have learned what Christmas is for. When we have found what life's really worth. There'll be peace on earth. Someday all our dreams will come to be. Someday in a world where men are free Maybe not time for you and me But someday at Christmas time Someday at Christmas we'll see a land With no hungry children, no empty hand One happy morning people will share A world where People care. Someday at Christmas there will be no tears, and all men are equal, and no man have fears. One shining moment, one prayer away from our world today. Someday all our dreams will come to be. Someday in a world where men are free Maybe not in time for you and me But someday at Christmas time 
Someday at Christmas, man will not fail. Hate will be gone and love will prevail. Someday a new world that we can start with hope in every heart. Someday all our dreams will come to be. Oh, yeah! Someday in a world where men are free. Maybe not time for you and me. But someday at Christmas time. Someday at Christmas time. That's how it's done. Oh my God, Stevie's is so, oh, so perfect, so emotional. Yeah, didn't uh... Apple <laughs> totally saw the, took advantage of that like three years ago, and him and Andre Day. You know who has a better version though? J- Justin Bieber. Fuck you. <laughs> you always Brian ruins every Christmas of mine by sending me that like whatever. When I know Obama was in office. Yeah, Justin think, Bieber singing at the White House that yeah. song, and everyone's like, he's with Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Wonder does like a little like like Justin Bieber just goes over the top with like the passion of it. And Stevie Wonder, although a blind man, just gives him this look. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean Kyle, I didn't I didn't expect that, and I'm like, you know, I'm so happy to share that wonderful Christmas moment. And what a song with a powerful message, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's when when I listen to him sing it, and you know, like you know, he really hear Stevie saying those words. Uh, it, it gets me a little, you know. Not yourself. You didn't get yourself emotionally. No, that's maybe just, you listened to this I, episode I mean, back. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, Kyle, I'm gonna ask you to do a weird thing after you just asked me <laughs> to do a weird thing. I told you the mistletoe's right over there. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you to put on your favorite Christmas jammies. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you want to text your mother and let her know that. Well, I guess I'm staying over your place. Because we're about to get our slumber party on, our Christmas slumber party on, at least before your guests show up. We should have sang Silver and Gold, because I've got, like, Yukon Cornelius. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, I, you know, like, I've got the hors d'oeuvres, but i got to fill up these chafing dishes. All right, put on your jammies and do it, and we'll talk on the flip side. And we might as well play music while we wait. This is Summer Camps. I don't want to wait till Christmas off the Let It Snow soundtrack. Would snow. I'd love to get snowed in with you But all it does is rain to my whole life It's so practical I don't want to wait till Christmas to see you changing into my jammies, I made a realization. I realized maybe, you know, this could be a lot of people's first time listening to High School Slumber Party, and I guess we didn't properly introduce you. 
Oh, yeah. You know, every uh, every week we introduce our guests the same way, or I say the guests introduce themselves, really, so you've been on the show before. Hi, I'm Kyle Reinfried from Northern Valley Old Japan High School. Re- wait, Northern Valley, we had such a long name, Northern Valley Regional High School at Old Japan. There we go. Class of 05. Go Golden Knights. Yes, go And of course, Golden we went to school together. Old school chums, if you haven't got that already. We did choir together. No, we didn't. No. <laughs> and today, as mentioned... Clearly, if you just heard us sing that song, we did not do choir together. I don't know. I, I think I had a more youthful voice in my youth. We, we could have. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, today we're doing Let It Snow from 2019. Um, again, you know, Netflix's little gift to us. So this is a... This Christmas is, miracle. This is going to be interesting. And I'm going to jump in right away, because usually we read the back of the VHS or the back of the DVD. This is a Netflix film. It probably might never be released on DVD. What a weird concept, right? Yeah. That, like, yeah. Like, there are films that will never have a physical copy. Yeah. That they could just, like... Live in the Netflix ether forever. Maybe if Netflix had bought it's, someone else, we got the catalog. But it is weird. It is very weird. Yeah, definitely. And, as I've noted before, when we've done Netflix movies... The back of the DVD, back of the VHS thing is pretty much dead in terms of streaming movies. People aren't, are sold more on the pictures now and the trailer that you can get right there that you don't need that. Like when we used to walk into Blockbuster, maybe we'd look at the front of a, a VHS cover. Yeah. But you'd read the back to see like what it was all about. Yeah, just like when you're scrolling through Netflix, all of a sudden it just starts up and you familiarize yeah. yourself. Especially with if it's that. a Netflix film. Yeah. You know? uh, so the Netflix summary is just this. A snowstorm hits a small town on a cold Christmas Eve, affecting the friendships, love lives, and futures of several high school seniors. Oh, okay. On IMDb, I've got that open just for my own people's like names and stuff like that, but it says, in a small town on Christmas Eve, a snowstorm brings together a group of young people. Yeah, <laughs> equally short. We get it. So, um, you know, I'm glad Netflix is able to do this because they could pretty much make any movie they want. Again, we hinted at The Irishman, which is really long, and Scorsese. And they have another Divorce Story is getting... Is that what it's called? Marriage, Marriage story. story. Marriage Story. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but Dude, I want to. Yeah, Adam Driver just killing it this year. I mean, he has that other... He has the Amazon movie about... It's some kind of... Cl- what, what classified papers are being... You know, it's in the 2000s, 2000. Oh, Panama Papers? Maybe the Panama Papers? Yeah, I think so. He's got that on Amazon. Then, of course, Star Wars is coming out. So, Adam Adam Driver. Yeah, you're going to have a big... uh, Yeah, all (laughs) platforms. A big at the end of the year, yeah. But uh, that's a movie that's getting a lot of buzz, obviously. Um, Irishman getting buzz. This, maybe not so much. And I thought it was really weird that Netflix released this before Thanksgiving. Um... Like, how long before? To, like, a couple of weeks. So Yeah, it should have been released, like, Thanksgiving weekend. But I'm thinking that they wanted it to maybe, like, go viral, people watching it. And I don't know how well it's doing, but I'll say this. Like, oh, was, was whatchamacallit Thanksgiving weekend? The, the Irishman? Irishman. Yeah, yeah. Weekend. So I guess they so, didn't want to yeah, yeah. get lost in the show. Though, I don't know if it's the same crowd watching both these films. <laughs> yes. Um, Ten-year-old children. No matter what, though... As we've seen, or as we talked about last week, we've seen it like Hallmark and Lifetime and whatever. Uh, it's not called ABC Family anymore, I don't think. is Freeform, it's called. Oh, couldn't have told you that. <laughs> Did not know that. But all these, they do movies and they do Christmas movies and they kind, that kind of doesn't matter the budget or what they're about because people just want to watch Christmas movies this, this time of year. Yeah. 
Do you have any favorite Christmas movies or any uh, things that you used to I mean, watch I, as a kid I, or I just, as an adult? Uh, I love Home Alone. Uh, Netflix has, let's plug Netflix away, they have that, like, Movies That Made Us yeah. thing that came I out. I mean, I haven't seen that. I'm a big fan of The Toys That Made Us. It's yeah. one of my favorite shows. It's it it's good. Is it Mo Rocca that is doing the voiceover for it as well? Really? I don't think it is. Someone said that to me the other day. I'm like, no, he is such a... Wow, I gotta look that up. I love Moraka. I love Moraka too. I don't think it was him. Did you ever check out that show? But um, that I told you to check out once, but it's hard to find. uh, Moraka's like food show. No. You need Grandma's Ravioli. If you can ever track that show down, it's definitely still not on the air. Okay. But it is one of my favorite cooking shows ever. What was it on? Uh, Cooking Channel. Okay. Back in the day, like, 2012 was the first episode. So 2012 to 2015 was the run. I mean, I think it's probably in hiatus, but you have to watch that show. For what you do on foodie films, and if you watch that show, you'll get so many ideas. It's so fun, because it's called My Grandma's Ravioli, because he loved his grandmother's ravioli. And he would find, not professional chefs, but grandparents... Yeah, people would write in about their grandparents yeah. around the country, and he'd go visit them in Florida or whatever, and they'd cook him a recipe, and he'd eat it. And well, he he joined the Sunday morning show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he was on that while he was doing. But that that's how like my dad became familiar with him, and he was like, Brian reminds me of Mo Rock. <laughs> this I guy love reminds Mo me of Brian. Um, I don't think it's him that does the narration, but even if it is him, it's a little annoying. The narration, like the like you know, like the dialogue that they wrote for this narrator, like it's just. For so, me, I think it works better with Toys That Made Us, because I was watching, like, you know, some of the clip. Toys are whimsical. Toys are for young yeah. people. So that narrator would be like, oh, what? Like, yeah, it's exactly. done the same way. Like, for movies, like, I don't need that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because we're just, like, film buffs, and we it's have just film like, podcasts. And so. Daniel Stern said yes to the movie. Actually, I said no. And like, you know, <laughs> and the, yeah, so. and honestly, for Toys That Made Us, I think it works great. Because I don't think a lot of people know a lot about toys. No. But there's so many, like... Again. There's some good stuff I learned about Home Alone, but so to, that's a long-winded answer and uh, to your question. So, uh, yeah, like, for the first Home Alone, that's a classic. I mean, we also, we, you know, between that, we got a good one in the Santa Claus when we were young. Um, but, I mean, I like Mer- the original Miracle on 34th Street. Um, have been any of the old, like, Claymation or Rankin ones? Oh, yeah, ones, uh, like, yeah, those, those, yeah, all the, all the old Claymation ones, the, the you know, the, uh... California Raisins Christmas. <laughs> the, the, the Peanuts gang. Oh, of course, Charlie yeah. Brown's Christmas, that's classic. Uh, I'm trying to think what other... Every Christmas, I think of our friend we've already brought up, Dan Ferrara, and two things about him. One, how he loves that, like... It's like a cartoon from World War One about like a mouse oh, on Christmas, or a squirrel, or a squir- rabbits, yeah. or something like that. You yeah. know, what I'm it's like, a it's World War Two at Christmas time. It's something like that, animals. like like yeah, like a piece on that. Yeah. And the fact that Dan Ferrara's father, Mister Ferrara, of course, mm-hmm. his favorite Christmas moment in any film or anything is when Linus gets all Jesusy. <laughs> the Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, we're like you're having a fun time. I'm not saying I'm not saying Jesus is not fun. Please, guys, that's not what I mean. But yeah, like, keep Christ in Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please.
And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You're having a fun time, and then Linus like gets all serious, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, no, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm just scrolling. I'm like, what are, like, what? And, I mean, there's obviously, so. I mean, there's Scrooge, Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Elf. I think Elf was, like, the last really good, not to take anything away from Let It Snow. Let It Snow, I think you'll agree with me, is very much a movie made about teenagers for teenagers. Like, Booksmart, another movie that came out this year, I felt like it was more for adults. Yeah. This is definitely one of those Netflix films probably targeted to teenagers. Definitely. I mean, they just buy, they have Netflix's Sabrina the Teenage Witch in it. Yeah, a lot of these stars I didn't recognize, but when I looked them up, I'm like, oh, kids today, I shouldn't say kids, like teenagers today, probably recognize them. Yeah. And our take is going to be probably very different than a teenager's take on this, and I'd love to hear some feedback from a teenager, (laughs) but for us, this is like two grown ass men watching this film. Probably not intended for us. Um, I mean, then I don't know if this will be like a surprise. I liked this movie. No, and I did not like this movie. No. And I want to be clear. Like I actually enjoyed it, but it's definitely, I didn't feel like it was speaking to me. No, you know, but that's fine though. That's fine. There are high school movies I do on this podcast that I feel like are high school movies made for adults. When you, relate more with Joan Cusack in a tinfoil hat, <laughs> you know you're not the crowd. Yes. <laughs> and, and like the high school movies that are more for high school age kids. Yeah. And honestly, there are high school movies that I've done on this podcast that I feel are more for middle schoolers or even younger kids. Yeah, it's so like prep them for... Yeah, kind of, you know? Yeah, in a way, yeah. And there's some that are for everyone, but that's very rare. Uh, and this is definitely one... By teen, not by teens. <laughs> teens were not directors, but but about teens, I mean, for teens. Like I mean, I definitely think like they're they're almost like appropriately casted. You know, like we definitely are. I mean, oh. you're becoming a, a, a like a, an expert on the, obviously the genre. I think like movies now are casting more age appropriate. Yes, though there are a couple thirty year olds in here. Really? Yeah, but they all looked that age, and that's what's important. Yeah. They didn't look like, you know, super like. 30, 40 year old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of production notes here. Um, like, IMDb trivia is not going to have anything. It just came out on Netflix. Netflix is pretty secretive in their like filming process. They don't like get into the nitty gritty of stuff and hmm. and have like press junkets. Interesting. You would think that they, I don't know, that they would uh, post. They just, dro- like, Netflix is weird. They just drop shit, you know? Like, they just say, this is the movie. It's here now. Watch yeah. it if you want. If you don't like it, you don't like it, you know? They want things to go a little bit viral. Like, they have they make a lot of teenage movies, and I've only seen some of them because only some of them go viral and people are talking about them. But they make a lot of them um, that just, like, you kind of have to find and dig deep. Because yeah. they're relatively low budget. Now, this is actually based on a novel of the same name. Okay. But it's, a, it's one of those novels that 
Is I mean, it a young adult novel? Yes, okay. yes. But you and I, as film guys, again, we've talked about this, not really book guys. Yeah. The best thing I can compare it to is the, what's the New York stories? Uh-huh. Where it's three different directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The novel has three different writers ah. writing three short stories that are interrelated. Okay. So I don't know how close it, like, novel to film. I know they were part of the filming process. Yeah. So it has to be somewhat I mean, all these related. characters are definitely, I mean, they're all of, like, in the same high school grade, or, like, there's a few characters that I think are, like, freshmen in college, but they're all seniors in high school. Yeah. They all live in a small town. They all end up in at Illinois. This, at this waffle... Foodie films. Yeah, exactly. This is. A, this is <laughs> technically a foodie te- film. Technically a foodie film. Before we do our deep dive, let's dive into the cast, because, as you mentioned, Kyle, a lot of these people are famous to younger people, but I'm not sure they're famous to... My mom, for example, you yeah, know. I mean, we get two spider We get a Spider-Man in this movie, and then we get Spider-Man's best buddy in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them first. Uh, do you know how you say his name? Sh- Shamik Moore? Shamik Moore, yeah. because yeah, I don't want to mispronounce I thought so. I've, I've, like, seen so many interviews with him, and I'm just a bad listener. I recognized him not from Spider-Man, because obviously he's from the animated one. Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse, which was awesome, and it did well. Yeah, really, Um, really great. But obviously it's not his face. Um, No, no, it's, it's, yeah. I recognized him from that film Dope. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. Which is another high school film, we'll cover that here. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Takes a little bit of a turn, wasn't expected. Yes, (laughs) that's for sure. Another topic for another day, though. And he plays Stuart Bale who's a pop star who's passing through town. Does Shamik Moore, like, have a bit of, like, a singing career? Because he also, like, the, just the character of Miles Morales, he kind of has, like, this one song he's, like, singing yeah. throughout it. And that's, like, I don't know, he's a good down. singer. He's, he's a good singer. I, I, he it, is charming. If you told me that, like, if I had never seen it before, you told me that he was an actual singer and they used him to, like, play this role, I'd yeah. believe it. Him and Dora the Explorer's chemistry was... <laughs> Fantastic. I so think. we'll get to the other Spider-Man thing in a while, because yeah. you mentioned Isabella Merced, and she plays Julie, who uh, she's just been accepted into Columbia University. She's got the one with the sick mom. Yes. Um, they, they're they one of the storylines, the two of them. And we'll probably break this down a little bit storyline by storyline. We don't have to get into like the nitty-gritty or anything. We're just going you know, to talk here or there about it, how it goes. But you said you liked the two of them, right? You like, thought they had I new chemistry. They had, yeah, I think they had some good chemistry. It might not have been like their meet cute might have been not the most like well written. Yeah, thing. I want to get into that because I, I took notes on that. I was like, whoa, okay. But, but but from like them leaving the train forward, I really enjoyed their story. Maybe I enjoyed their story the most. It got stronger, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, there were elements where I was like, okay, but Kiernan Shipka plays the Duke or Duke. Um, she's also Angie in the film. And that's the one you mentioned is the new Sabrina. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, Kieran Shipka. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was on Mad Men. That's she, how she okay. claimed to fame. She's Don Draper's daughter. Gotcha. And, yeah. of course, now I think the younger people probably recognize her from the, the Netflix Sabrina. So that's staying in the family here. Yes. Um, yes. But you mentioned something, and I totally agree. Um, she <laughs> she reminds us both in physical appearance and just, like, this character for a guest I've had on this show before, Alexandra Schroeder, like, she really, like, the, the eyebrows, like, everything. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see awesome. it in Sabrina so much, but I definitely see it in this. Then again, I don't, I haven't really watched all of the Sabrina thing. 
Yeah, I, and I, I like her kind of introduction with her, um, her friend then, you know, to become boyfriend Tobin. Yeah, Tobin. Right? I was going to say, like, yeah. I, of course, we have a Tobin on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Yes, yes. But I like Tobin the, Addington, host uh, of The Contenders and frequent guest. And I was like, oh, a character named Tobin. I wonder if he knows. I, I had to write down, like, you know, it's like they're in a record store and he's holding up the let's get it on album and then she's holding up the uh check your mind by uh beastie boys yeah they're both oh, i'm sorry check your head check your head yeah yeah, che- yeah they're both very into music yeah um you know other people in the cast too they wrote down Liv hewson played dory and she you know she's the one who plays the waitress was she your favorite character there's something about it. I, was like, I liked her. I think I related to her the most, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> not maybe not her storyline, but like, you know, like I felt like personality wise, I was the most like her. You have a lot of pets. I do have a lot of pets. She um, gets a pet pig. <laughs> she's, <laughs> the, I recognized her from not a show that I watched terribly a lot, but the Santa Clarita Diet with oh, Drew Barrymore. I still and, need to watch What's that. that guy? Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. He's awesome. Um, they, unfortunately they canceled it. Yeah, I think after three seasons? I forgot. Something like that. But staying in the Netflix family, and her kind of, um, well, the girl she has a, I don't want to say crush on, because they kind of do have, like, a little bit of a relationship. They had an amazing night together, one of those nights where you just talk and really get to know one another. You had a lot of those in high school, didn't you? Oh, 100%. (laughs) But, uh, Anna Akana, Anna Akana? I guess that's her name. She plays Carrie, and she's one of the cheerleaders who, again, they like you said, they had an amazing night together. They have a relationship that's kind of secret. And I didn't recognize her, but apparently she's a huge YouTube star. I, what did I... She was a writer for Ant-Man? Or is she a writer in Ant-Man? She's oh, thir- she's the one that when uh, Michael Pena... She's on. She does the mouthing of Michael Pena's. Thing. Oh yeah, I, that's what. I, no, that's honestly what You're I recognize right. her from. Because I was like on IMDb. I'm like, Ant she's Ant thirty, Ryder. by the way. Okay, she, you know, she looks. But good, did, it but didn't like, take me out of it, you know. Yeah, that's the only thing I know her from. So uh, the friend, you know, the friend. I shouldn't say that. Dory's friend and another main character in this is Addie, and she's played by Odea Rush, who's a pretty big name for, uh, right now. In a lot of things. Um, she was in the movie Dumplin', which we covered here, but she's also uh, in Goosebumps. Isn't she in... I thought she... For some reason she was in... Uh, I guess I read that wrong. I thought she was in Booksmart. No, she's in Lady Bird. That's what I was getting confused with. Oh, 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 she is in Lady Bird? I don't yeah. remember. I, I really like her, um, so I was happy to see her here. And Goosebumps is a movie we'll cover on this podcast as well. Oh, fun. Jack Black. And we've already done Dumplin'. Kim the yeah. <laughs> uh, You know, Mason Gooding plays Jeb. He doesn't even have a clickable, like, bio, really, so he's not in much. And Which character's that? The Addie's boyfriend who... Okay. Like, yeah. you know, whatever they're... Yeah, they're he only the, gets that one little scene. Yeah, they're not the, it's not the strongest storyline there. Um, but someone I love... Jacob Batalon is Keon, and you mentioned from Spider-Man. Yes. From from the Spider-Man we've discussed on this podcast. When I say we, everyone here, but also you and I and Michael Manzi, both of them, and he's great in that, and he's I love him in this too. Yeah, he's, he can play the same guy all the time. I don't care. Yeah, he's just like great, like sidekick. I mean, he's like 
you know, and it, like, he has a little bit of an arc, but it's not, you know, he's definitely, he's, like, in the B, you know, he's a B story, maybe even, like, on the verge. But a fun one, and one yeah. that honestly ties all the other stories together. Yeah, exactly, he's kind of, like, the glue, like, because he's going <laughs> to be having this party and wants to be a successful DJ. So. And, of course, you mentioned her before, Joan Cusack, as, like, really the one, not only the one adult, because there's the whole family elements, but, like... Well, she's the narrator. She's the yeah. She's the narrator. She's credited as tinfoil woman. And we never do get a reason. <laughs> no, which is a little weird. But and Joan Cusack, a throwback from so many like teen films back in the day. Yeah. Maybe not starring all the time, but like side character and background character, and of course, sister of my rival, John Cusack. <laughs> The person who blocked the High School Slumber Party podcast, which it's still blocked by John Cusack. Wow, maybe Don't a know Christmas why. miracle. Maybe. You you wasted it on getting this teen Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Next, next year I'm going to yeah. ask for John Cusack to unblock us. I'm going to ask for it this year. Forget it, you know? Yeah, double down. Um, we, we still got some, some weeks in December to ask for things. Some you can get more than one. Day at Christmas, <laughs> John Cusack will unblock you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the other person, the one other person I wanted to mention was uh, Miles Robin. He plays Billy, who's that other employee at Waffle Town. Oh, yeah, the one that's just like, it'll all come together. And Miles Robbins, of course, uh, not of course because I didn't know this until I clicked the IMDb, is the son of Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> in the sense of if he is the same way he is in this movie. <laughs> like, this character is the son of Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Oh, man, yeah. So, I mean, Kyle, you already, uh, you know, tipped your hand a little bit. You said you liked this film. What, uh, what storyline do you want to start with, and, you know, what do you want to talk about? What moments to you, like, really stuck out? I mean, this is a movie I just, like, wrote down. It's a movie filled with characters named J.P. La Piera. Uh, bleeding nipples. Uh, what did I write? Oh, like, like a crazy Joan Cusack, a multicultural Mick Jagger dance, and uh, you know, and a waffle place called Awful Town. Yes, it's of because... course Waffle House. Like it probably was written as Waffle House yeah. originally. They changed it to Waffle Town. Have you been to a Waffle House? Oh yes, I love. Waffle you a fan House. of Waffle House? I do. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm more a Cracker Barrel guy, to be honest with you. But... I like I like the I like the diner atmosphere of the Waffle yeah House. Waffle House is more of a diner atmosphere that's that's for sure but uh, um, no there's just I mean I, I like I said I, I guess I like the character story of I'm just gonna call him, uh, Miles Morales and Dora the Explorer <laughs> and we should uh, we should be clear too this is the kind of movie intentional or not and I'm sure it's intentional very much like Love Actually yeah that would be like the high point. Even though, like, a lot of people didn't like Love Actually when it came out, but now Love Actually has a sterling reputation. I could be... That's a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, on the low-level New Year's Eve, I know one of your favorites. Yeah, there's that, and then there's, like, Valentine's Day. Oh, there's Day. so many. Yeah. There was even Mother's Day. Yeah. But <laughs> even movies that are not holidays, like, like uh, He's Just Not That Into You. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they call this style, just, like, a lot of somewhat interconnected characters. Yeah. I mean, there's even Woody Allen films like New this Year's back Eve, in the day. Could happen. Oh, I love that line. It's New Year's Eve in New York, right? Or what was he saying? We have to find it. Like, uh, yeah. producer does the clips. Who's me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> find this clip and play it right here. Just what we're alluding to is, Kyle, you and I, we just love this line. It's from the trailer, but... Nothing beats New York on New Year's Eve. 
in New Year's Eve, which if you haven't seen it, it's so many stories, but like New Year's Eve in New York, like kind of this style and Robert De Niro is one of the characters and yeah. I think the trailer's punched by something along the lines of like in New York on New Year's Eve anything could happen anything could happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> so silly so silly but uh okay so um we'll jump into this storyline first I think we open with uh him singing him singing yes right? this is like a song that I think Netflix wants, you know, to be on the charts. <laughs> yes, I don't know if it is. I don't really listen to the charts, but uh, yeah. We both alluded to this. I did not like how this story began. I did not care for what was happening. I didn't particularly like him, the singer character. He looked, oh, like, oh I get it, he's unhappy, he's famous, but what could be missing? Kind of thing. <laughs> like, I, I... And then I, I felt horrible for how they were, uh, the, the guy... Because she got the wrong figurine, and Julie yeah. goes, like, he was such an asshole. She, she went into Chicago to get a figurine, which we learn is for, like, a massive Christmas village. Yeah, like some kind of elf number three And she can't four. get it. She yeah. got the wrong one or something, and, yeah, he is an asshole to her. Yeah. And then on the way back on the train, you know, they have a meet-cute, which is, again, not that powerful. Yeah, what, he drops his cell phone, she picks it up, and he thinks that, like, and she's like, hey, and he turns around, and he's like, oh no, I'm trying to keep low profile. Yeah, like, I honestly and, did not really care. Like, yeah, and then she goes like, no, this is, like, your phone, and then she kind of falls into him, and the train breaks, and there's snow on the rails, and she's like, oh, I just live on the other side of that hill, or something like that. Yeah, he's like, cool. And she just leaves, and then all of a sudden, he decides to kind of follow her, and wait for for his like publicist it, it felt a little forced it felt a little yeah like, yeah exactly. like you need to get him here this is how but it wasn't like it also didn't feel dramatic you know it was just like okay this is happening <laughs> yeah but once they then they start they have some fun dialogue in the booth because then that dance team or cheerleading team comes in and they start recognizing him and she's like oh go to the bathroom and escape and from there they go to Oh, they sled, and he saves her life. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, they meet her mom at church. Okay, so what did you think about this whole element with her, like, sick mom? I th- I mean, it it, pl- it played okay. Like, and, like, the I grandpa, mean, and, like... I, I think it's a... You know, like, okay, yeah, like, the sick parent, like, obviously that's a storyline that's been used before. But I think for the audience that they're clearly going after, just the pressures of going to college, leaving people behind. I mean, I know that was something that was on my mind when going, that was part of the reason I went to a school that was, like, only a half hour away. Like, there were, you know, there was a bunch of reasons, but, like, one of, I mean silliest in the long term I was like I knew my dog didn't have many years left and he only did have like one but I was like I kind of want to be able to still see him like you know do you feel like it was your fault that he died yeah that you you weren't joking no <laughs> no I was I was like around, I would see him like once a week because I would still come back and I would work at a deli one day at the week one day of the week and then go back to school because uh, it was, you know, only half half hour away. But, yeah, like that, you know, like, I don't know, the point being there was a bunch of factors, like, into me deciding, and obviously plenty of people decide where, where to go to college. So they've decided to go with the sick mother route on this one to pull on the hard Yeah, strings. so, yeah, she got into Columbia with a scholarship. Yeah. And the first thing I thought of was, all right, just wait a year. But then, like, they give that kind of throwaway line, like, oh, they'll get rid of her scholarship. Yeah, exactly. I, first of all, if I'm her... 
not that I want to pull this card a lot, but I'd be like, my mom's dying. Yeah. Can you please hold the scholarship for a year? I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know Columbia admissions, and we kind of discussed admission a lot last week because Lori Loughlin, Aunt Becky, was the star oh, of yeah. last week's film. So I know she's not in those circumstances. Orange is the new black. <laughs> where she could pay someone off or something like that. But I tend to think that not a lot of people have this story that they might be sympathetic to her case. I'm not trying to get into someone else's personal story, but my brother-in-law unfortunately went through the same thing and um, the college he was going to at the time did not keep his... Wow, wow. And so he had to decide to go, and then he couldn't afford it, so then he had to start over again. And they didn't even, like, let him transfer his credits... College is a rough game, then. Rough it's a game. business. That's why this is high school slumber party, not. Yeah, we're not trying to get you. What would your it kids be? Nervous. What would it be called? Like, if I finished all the high school films yeah. and did a college sequel, because college slumber party doesn't sound right. No. Uh, college. college kegger. <laughs> college dorm. Passing out on dorm the couch. life. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, uh, sweet mate. I don't know. I mean, so I thought the college thing was. Impactful. I thought there were some pretty cliche elements of this storyline. Yeah, it's not necessarily while I say it's my favorite story. I think just because I think they end up having good chemistry, it's not necessarily because of the story beats. Although, like, it, I mean, it is fun. Like, once he meets Grandpa, and I do have this Mick Jagger moment. Yeah, I liked that because you know, music is your mistress, or music is your wife. Music is my mistress. Okay. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> your dating profile said that. Back but uh, you know, as fans of music, it's it's fun to have that dialogue uh, between the two of them. Yeah, between the generations, and just like, uh, <laughs> like the Grandpa in the meantime has looked up and he's like, "You, you touch your." To say crotch or groin, he's like one of the two. One of the two, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna get those slacks back because after the sledding incident, his clothes were wet, so he's wearing grandpa's clothes, and <laughs> which he looks cool mo- in. Yeah, <laughs> and even the mom before she like, she's like, oh, you look like that singer who always has the like the stink face or the fart face. Yeah, yeah, who looks like he just smell a little fart. Yeah, right, something like that. that. <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, I'll tell my publicist. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and. How does this story even like end up resolving? We'll we'll tie in the party and the, the resolutions later. Oh, but, okay, yeah. But bef- before they're that, falling out. Yeah, let's get to let's get to all the falling outs, basically. Yeah. So they have he he pretty much then offers to like hire someone to help the mom because she like you know so um, she doesn't think that her grandfather and mom can like help take care of which is re- realistic yeah you know, sure yeah. realistic i mean the grandfather seems to have like all of his you know marbles and everything like that but I no guess, i know but i get it especially yeah. from her perspective it seems like there was a divorce and the dad yes that too picture. exactly yeah. uh so when miles morales offers <laughs> to uh pay for like a, a you know a caretaker a caregiver i don't know caretaker sounds like <laughs> Like the an undertaker. undertaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, caregiver. She gets offended and says, like, I'm not, you know, a charity case. And then he pretty much has his whole explanation of, like, I'm a person, too. Like, people just think of me as, like, blah, 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 blah. And then pretty much then his PR person shows up and takes him away. And he's like, come with me. And she's like, I can't. And then that's, like, their, you know, oh, they they part ways and she's going to stay. And that's before she has the conversation with her mom where she says to her mom, and her mom's like, it's okay that you're 
angry with me. Like, you're allowed to be angry, but, like, you gotta have, you have to live every day, you have to live your life. Like, don't say no to, like, any potential, you know, good things in the world. So, that's, like, their falling out moment. Yeah. Before. So, so I was gonna ask, what made it your favorite? And it's just the chemistry. It's the chemistry. I think they're both, uh, you know, I've seen, I, I haven't, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Um, I didn't, I didn't see Dora the Explorer. But I have seen Dope. I have seen Into the Spider Verse. So uh, yeah, I just I just enjoyed both of their acting, and I think that they had some pretty good chemistry together. They look they look good on camera together, which is definitely a big part of these movies too. They want like people, you know, teens to be dreaming like, oh, like what if I was dating her? What if I was dating him? And that kind of whole world. So yeah, I think it, I think their chemistry they they worked well together. Did you see Transformers The Last Night? No. Oh, so you didn't get to see it. Did you see Sicario, Day of the Soldado? No, I didn't see that either. <laughs> Those are the other two things like I kind of... I didn't see, but you might have seen, I figured. Yeah, that's really their storyline, and I don't know. I I agree with you, but I also, on the other hand, found a lot of their story a little bit cliche. Cliche, yeah. Um, which is fine. Look, these are two cliche genres. Christmas movies and high school movies. Yeah. So I'm not like, oh, fuck this. It's just cliche at the point because there's just so many of them. I'll, I'll say this right now. I, I was kind of going to say this to the end. But I liked this movie. I liked what they were doing. If, I, if they wanted me to love this movie, they would have had maybe less storylines. I'm not saying which ones I would have kept or not kept. Yeah. But I didn't need the Love Actually treatment here. Yeah. I would have preferred like a more of a character focus here. Probably the one like uh, kind of like my least favorite is like um, Addie's and Tinfoil. All right, we'll talk about yeah. that one next time. Well, let's talk about because I feel like that's an offshoot storyline. Yeah, the next main one is definitely um, Kiernan and the actor's name is Mitchell, but Tobin and Angie's. So this is a movie just in general that. Maybe because I'm an adult, and I don't want to say I deal with real problems because that's condescending. I deal with different problems like paying my bills and stuff like that. that yeah, the stakes do not, not. I'm not talking about like mom dying. Like those stakes are obviously high. Sure, but most of the stakes do not feel high enough for me. I think they could somehow amp that level up. But again, I don't think this movie is made for me, so I'm not penalizing it for that. I think for, for a teenager, they might look no, at this... No, as far as, yeah, circumstantial problems. Yeah, and I, I think a teenager maybe would feel more for what's happening than how I'm feeling. Yeah. And this storyline is... It's a good example of that. Yeah, I, I, I always, even in high school, like when I was of, of that age and watching stuff, I always did kind of laugh at the whole, like soulmates at that age and obviously there are, <laughs> there are high school sweethearts that go on they get married that is like i definitely think more like few and far between at least where we grew up now like that that happens mm-hmm. uh you know because people travel further for colleges and just you know t- people change and all people move and all that kind of stuff but i mean it does they, they have some good chemistry as well i like them i think so and, yeah and, and... Maybe that's better than the storylines here, the acting chemistry between people overall. Yeah, not just I think, acting. so good Good job casting director. Yes. <laughs> I will say that. 
Um, I do think the way that uh, Kiernan is playing the character almost wants to be in a much more quirky, Juno, book-smart movie. Yeah, and that's why... Okay, so I'll say this. When I said that, like, focus on certain things, and I was like, oh, what what would we delete necessarily, like, yeah. storyline-wise? Maybe we don't delete anything. Maybe these are just separate movies. I think the tone for this story would be completely different than the tone for the last story we I talked about. I think this story and then, like... Dory and Addie's story need to be like in the same movie. That fe- yeah, that feels like a, like a quirky thing that I mean, could be together. I'm not trying to like, but like Booksmart. I mean, we, we do have a character that comes out, and then Dory's character is out, but has a the whole complication that she's in, yeah in love with that one character that hasn't actually come out yet. So I'm not trying to say that then then all those movies should be the same style, but it definitely just reminds me at least. But more so because of uh, Angie's, the character of Angie, and she is, she's the most quirky. Like, she's even more quirky than Tobin. Like, Tobin's awkward. Tobin's dorky. She's Yeah, quirky. Angie is quirky. Yeah. And I like Angie. I really like that character. I actually like both their characters. Again, the thing that tripped me up is the whole soulmate thing. And we won't talk about the ending yet. I wasn't, I was like, okay. But... I did like their element because this actually, we see this a lot in films, but that's because it happens a lot in films. Guy and girl are friends, and it's not saying that I'm not Harry and Sally-ing it, you know. I am. (laughs) That's saying a guy and girl can't be friends because I have friends who are women, and I'm okay with that. You're not? I'm not going to get into the whole argument, but I just always, I kind of believe that if one, if like, if whatever party is single in that relationship, like, of that friendship, if, like, the other party that wasn't single said, like, do you want to do something? I think that, the, I think it would happen. I think okay, but not maybe love. No, not, no, no, not love. No, no, no. I'm not, no. Lust. <laughs> lust. <laughs> I think friendship is a form of lust. <laughs> Good to know. Good to yeah. know. <laughs> What did you like about their storyline? What did you dislike, maybe? Um, well, like we said, so they had good chemistry. They're, they're, um, I guess it's a bit, well, no, it gets cliche with the whole, the, the, um, the bullies. Yeah, well, so what what sport are they playing? Like, broom ball or something? I'm not familiar with that one. It's like hockey with no skates and, like, the ends of brooms. Yeah. It's a kind of like Quidditch. Some and, Illinois game. <laughs> and they're playing it on the ice. And so she's dating this. I guess she's interested in this guy. And she's bringing Tobin along because that's her friend. Yeah, JP LaPiero. Yeah, JP LaPiero. And he's obviously jealous. He wants to tell her how he feels. And, you know, hijinks ensue. I don't know if you noticed something, but there's definitely some really heavy handed, better off dead elements here. So there's the two twins, I can't remember their names, who are... Oh, the racing, yeah. Like, ah, yeah, but the car he's driving is very similar to Lane's station wagon. Yeah. And okay. they're driving a sports car. That has to be. Like, I don't think you make things like that unless you want callbacks. I mean, but again, yes, but again, just in the cliche way, like, you're not going to give the dorky kid a cool car. No, but no one drives a station wagon like that anymore. They don't even make them. We haven't been to the suburbs of Illinois. We don't know. (laughs) Come on. They are. 
Um, Very close to Michigan, the you know the the heartland of like the Motor City, you know. So he's really close with, oh, I don't remember the character's name. Spider Man's best friend guy, you know, their friends. Yeah. And that's the problem with these kind of movies. Like you don't get to learn people's names. Really. <laughs> no, because it's so bad. Yeah. But we'll get into his storyline a little bit later. Keon. Keon, yeah. We'll get into Keon's storyline a little bit later. But point is, Keon's hosting a party and. Um, and he, and he needs beer, right? And Tobin, it's like tasked with to get the beer, so he steals a keg from these two like college twins, and then yeah. they end up chasing him the entire movie. Well, they're jerks to him, so he decides to steal the yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get into a car chase. They even hit the back of his car, and then they get stuck in the snow, and then the, th- the three, JP and Angie and Tobin, get like stuck in that keeps their story at, like, a church for a little while. The church that also Stuart and Julian <laughs> Yeah. But later. But later, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's hard to, because, like, it's not even, like, about the quality of the movie here. Because I think if you and I were talking about love, actually, it would be very hard to explain as well. Like, yeah. on a podcast like this. So, we're not going to bother, like, going to nitty-gritty. I just want, like, highlight moments. I did like the chase scene. Well, Love Actually gave me boobs, so I could talk about the boobs of Love Actually. Oh, oh I'm like, what do you mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't want to talk about that here. Luckily, we did not get that here. No. <laughs> that would be inappropriate. Um, anything else from their storyline that stuck out to you until, again, we get to these endings? Uh, nothing really from their storyline. Like, it was just, you knew exactly where it was going. Which I think could be a problem in this film, or maybe something you're looking for. I, I mean, know. it was pretty much, I, I mean, every, everyone's storyline is pretty predictable. Yeah. Or at least in the sense of, like, if it's not one thing, it's the other. <laughs> like. And to me, there's two more, three more storylines that I just want to, like, touch on. Which is, uh. Dory, who's the waitress, and she's out, she's gay, and, you know... And she's best friends with Addie. Addie, yes. And they both love pigs. And they're both very, you know... They're like one of those classic friendships you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, BFFs. And Addie is completely obsessed with her boyfriend, and more importantly, her phone. Social media, and like, that's, again, so, okay... So if any young people are listening to this... You youths out there. Yeah, you youths. Uh, Brian and I are the age that, like, the f- our first year of college was, like, the first year that Facebook was, like, really, like, out there for everyone to use. And at that time, Facebook was just for college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just for college. Just for college. Then it became, like, high schoolers started using it, and then everyone started using it. Like, it, became, it just totally took over... Uh, MySpace. Yes. So that was being used <laughs> it was by, the next evolution. By adults and professionals. No, so we're, you know, we use social media a lot. I love social media. I use it a lot for this show. Like, we didn't even really text in high school. No, no. AIM, maybe. Maybe. You know? Yeah. But... AOL Instant Messenger. I do acknowledge <laughs> that, that the generation, especially in high school now, obviously grew up with different things. Oh, man. I can't even, like, as someone that was bullied throughout my whole like you know k through eight and then high school as well like you know something when i was uh, i don't know watching 
maybe like some kind of interview highlighting bullying or reading an article just saying like kids no longer just have to face bullying at school like it's 24 7 because the whole catch 22 of it all of you know kids having cell phones and then being allowed to have like a facebook profile or what have you like kids shouldn't have that stuff at too young of an age but if you don't have that then you're gonna be outed and you're gonna be you know like ostracized by of course so so i get it Um, but then when you do have those then the bullies can get to you that way too so it's just like just from that standpoint because i was not i didn't have to worry about girls liking me in high school because so so many of them did yeah because it was just like they were just one giant girl (laughs) so yeah so carrie basically is addicted to her phone uh, she has that confrontation eventually, like with her boyfriend. Who do you think he was actually cheating on her? Or just he didn't no, seem I like think it. she was just like yeah, too he, much. He just wanted like to like back off, you know. And I'm not saying I'm not questioning her intelligence, but he just seems like someone that had like he was on the debate team and like had a separate group of friends, and it wasn't you know right for that one girl to say that she was psycho even if she was not acting like you know mature or appropriate towards you know if you care about somebody in the end of the day you have to trust them and if you do find out then you know i mean easier said than done then you just have to go like why would i want to be with this person then but these are all things that you learn over the years and not when you're in high school (laughs) and not when you're trying to make a film like this so i get it so she she kind of winds up a couple times with joan cusack's tinfoil yeah lady uh Tow truck? Yeah, tow truck, yeah. That has a bit of lore to her, like the old man in Home Alone. Yeah, I wasn't, like, necessarily scared of her, though, or anything like that. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, they, like, play, (laughs) like, in Home Alone, they sell it as, like, yeah, he's a murderer that lives next door, he keeps the body in the salt trash bin, you know, trash bin. So she's, like, the boomer of the film here. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Was there anything in their storyline or elements that you liked or enjoyed, or... No, it was, it was, it's funny that I keep saying, like, you know, the cliche and, like, not that I'm the biggest fan of it, but I did end up as a whole liking this movie. We'll talk about why a little later. Yeah, um, but, yeah, with theirs, again, very predictable. Um, I mean, they have the cliche. It's just, I mean, I guess the two generational talks in this is, like, um, you know, Miles Morales with Grandpa and then Addie with with tinfoil Joan Cusack. Like, that's supposed to show, like, the differences between the generations, and then, like, you know, while Joan is trying to give her advice, she's clearly has her own issues, <laughs> which we never, ever learn about. No. Um, and then also, like, yeah, then she's learning, you know, just becoming a bit more understanding of this generation, and while Addie is being... Too, you know, too much into her phone. You, just the phone has become so much more. I'm holding it in my hand right now. I'm using it for IMDb right now. Like this is just, it's become a part of us. Absolutely. So that's something that she's. I mean, learning. I so, bet so you I guess, a lot. A lot of people listening right now are listening on their phones. Yeah. So just so I guess I mean, while it's cliche, like just that that the, you know, it I guess it diversified the story a little bit as far as like their conversation. Yeah, it was I, different from other people's conversations in the movie. It wasn't their their story is not a love story. No, no, which is nice to see. Yeah. 
I would have loved if I love Joan Cusack. I would have loved if they made her like quirkier and not quirky is a bad word. Like, kind of expanded on the lore about her. Yeah. And it wasn't just like a. She, yeah, she well, she doesn't have an arc. No. But I mean, I guess because she's. Her thing is just the the sage, like. But it's not like Addie necessarily totally learns something from her. It's, I mean, she ends up apologizing to. Uh, to Dory, and, yeah, and that kind of stuff. But, um, but then even in the end, I know we said we're gonna like leave like the Waffle uh, House stuff or whatever. But Addie and JP even then like say hi to one another in it at the end, right? The the one that, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so like even that, like I, I if anything, like I wouldn't have wanted her character necessarily need to have a guy at the end. Well, yes, I, I agree. I, and that's something I want to talk about for sure. And just quickly, uh, Dory, we mentioned, has a crush. Or Again, they, they had a night together with a Carrie who's... A the, very special night that we learn means a lot to both of them. To both of them. Yeah. But and Carrie she, didn't tell the truth. They're at the Waffle House. They're in the Waffle House. They're at the Waffle Town. Yeah. Um, they're kind of... You know, Dory's wait. Which again, we see so many waitresses in these high school films, but Dory's waiting on Carrie and her cheerleader friends, and Carrie's just being a complete jerk to her. But when they have the private moments, everything's great. Yeah, when they kiss public, in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, everything's really shitty. Obviously, Dory feels like shit. Like I said, we we can save some of the ending for later, but their storyline's kind of resolved when Carrie just apologizes and says, I know I said I was out. I'm not out. I'm still working on this. And it's just like, okay, everything's hunky-dory. Like, well, she apologizes because Addie gives gives Dory the advice and says, like, you're the best the best person I've ever known. And you shouldn't, like, you should be with someone that treats you, like, you know. Yeah, good advice. Yeah, sure. exactly. She gives her great advice. And so then she goes up to her and says, like, you know, like, I don't like the way you treated me, and then so then Carrie apologizes. Yeah, so, pretty yeah. standard, pretty run of the mill, pretty understandable. But on both their accounts, I'd say, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a tough I, situation for Carrie too. So yeah, I, mean, I get it. Yeah. And then uh, just quickly, uh, Keon's storyline is, <laughs> I actually really laughed out loud. You know, he's gonna throw the party at his house. His parents leave. Yeah. He. He's just decorating the entire thing. I wrote his DJ name down. Yeah, it's, which is like DJ. K star DJ K DJ K- star P- pow right yeah K star pow dollar sign dollar sign yeah. <laughs> um and, you know he just really wants to be DJ he wants to host this awesome party uh his parents are leaving for the weekend he sets his whole house up there's his parents t- are leaving him alone for christmas which is, yeah that's weird but yeah there's a statue of two squirrels like is it two squirrels reindeer right Ra- yeah two rain squirrels two reindeer having sex and it's just like so much shit around the house he's like has all the beer and they come back in like an hour yeah they put all the breakable stuff in one room like you know uh and then yeah and then what's his name then that's the that's the whole thing um and then tobin is still there and the beer is there but then the beer was taken obviously then by the parents so that's why tobin is given the mission of getting the beer so look while this isn't the strongest storyline this is still one that like I was never disappointed in because he just felt like 
His ambition was just like a kid who wants to have a party. Well, he does want to impress that one DJ, right? Yes. Like it's someone yes. they knew that's become a bigger DJ. But there's no like love in his storyline. Like... No, no, exactly. He even admits he admits to uh, when um, Dory confesses to him about her love for Carrie, and she says, "Oh, we had that amazing night where you're just like talking all night and getting to know one another." It's like, and, and she says like something like, "Because he ever... works at the Waffle." Too, yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, and she's like, "Have you ever experienced that?" He's like. No, but I'm happy for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just very, he's perfect for a Christmas movie too because he's just like jovial. Yes, full of mirth. You yes. know, he's just like he, <laughs> so uh, eventually they get the idea to just host the party. Uh, they're kind of snowed in. Not really, but like they get the idea to host the party at the uh, awful town. Yeah, Billy's really nice about like yeah. so. Who's yeah? Who's like the boss in that scenario? I believe Billy is just a manager. Yeah, and not the boss. Like he doesn't. Own... Is Billy supposed to be like a little older? Like I think so. Not in high school. Like probably. I think so. Yeah. So it's just... I don't know if he's in college, but I think he's college age. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's being cool with it, and he's like, oh, it's all gonna come together and all that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. He's being all Tim Robbinsy. I love that element. And we said, like, this is a foodie film that eventually, you know, they're going to host this awesome party at a Waffle House. And could you imagine how cool that would be? Sorry, I yep. keep saying Waffle House. Waffle Town. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, Awful Town. Yes, Awful Town. How cool would that be, though? That would be awesome. Waffles and beer? <laughs> Didn't look like they had any hard liquor there, so a keg of beer. Sign like, me up. Do you think the keg would have... I mean, you would know more than me because you set up... That the... keg was getting swirled around that car. Do you, but do you think it would, for lack of a better word, feed that many people? I mean, when you're younger and you don't know how to drink, maybe. <laughs> Fair. I mean, not all. Not the, I know some older people that don't know how to drink too. That's that's for sure. <laughs> so I mean, let's get to the big ending then. The big ending is this party at, at the awful house, awful town. Uh, yeah, yeah, awful house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they all, I mean, you know, the, he he is having the party. Yes, like it Ke- seems Ke- Keon gets to host the, gets party to host the party of his dreams. The DJ doesn't end up showing up. But, you know, you have a sensational pop star there, so does it matter? Yeah, I was expecting him to all of a sudden then, like, like Keon to go up and be like, hey, man, like, sing a tune right now. And <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, hey, you want to come on tour with me? Oh, I I had that thought. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. oh, that's some like that's a fresh beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, we're hip to all the, yeah. the the trends here in high school slumber party. Yeah. Like that's oh, that's a cool remix, maybe. I yeah. Don't know. Like, like you know, will you make one for me? Like, oh, of course. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so Keon, in the end of the day, is happy. Most yeah, people are happy in the end of the day in this film. Yeah, Billy's always happy. Uh, life will just work out. Julian Stewart Stewart shows up at the party. Julie's, Julian Stewart. Yes. Julie's happy. Like I don't know. Well, yeah, Julie goes. She sees Keon posting on whatever, maybe Snapchat. I don't know. Who knows? One of the social yeah. media platforms, and this is like that looks like a good time. And goes out. It's also, I mean, the movie's called Let It Snow, and the, like Joan Cusack just has this whole thing of like how snow is magical, and yeah, and it's Christmas Eve, right? And it's Christmas Eve, and snow falling on Christmas Eve is great. Snow falling on Christmas Eve, anything, anything could happen, happen in uh, <laughs> Illinois. Illinois, yeah, whatever town, Illinois. Suburban Chicago. <laughs> 
Yeah, so she sees, like, oh, it's a good time, so she's gonna, she, she goes there, and then she's talking with, I think, Dory? Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer is talking with Dory. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, then Stuart comes up, and I guess, we have to assume maybe he went back to the house at first, and then... It doesn't really matter. No. But he, I guess he left his... Because he was just going to go. He was going to spend Chicago by himself in a hotel room. I mean, with his... Actually, there was that... What? What's that actress's name? She's on... I've seen her before. What is she from? Um, the Publicist, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that show? The Good Place. And she's also on Barry. Oh, yeah. But, okay, uh, okay. Darcy uh, Carden. Okay, yeah. Now... Now I remember. Uh, the DRC is that how you should pronounce that? I'm gonna say Darcy. Because... Darcy, yeah, Darcy Carden. She's hilarious, and she is. That's she's probably one of like she's totally underutilized in this movie. Yes, totally. She's just playing like a vapid PR person. Like yeah. sign this NDA. She's like Stewart's my friend. I would never. Do that. <laughs> so that yeah, her that character that's weak. Like that's his. Like she's actually technically. Besides the moments of, like, people being their own enemies, like, own worst enemies, like, she, I guess, is, like, an antagonist in the film. Yeah, I suppose. There's really no antagonist no. in this film. except the trials of love. Except for underage drinking. <laughs> True. So, Duke and Tobin, that storyline, also gets resolved. Um, Tobin basically, what, admits that he likes her. The, likes her Lo, is in love with is her is in and love wants, with her has been in love with her only wants her for the rest of his life ugh, ugh yeah in high school you have time yeah, you have man. to go to college just even the fact that like okay so I, I do I do like that the JP character is like you know good looking like he's like, he's a hunk and <laughs> like he's but he's nice he's not a jerk like he's like a, a pretty jock guy that's not an asshole and he even says like like the little moments like we we know how tobin feels but we're not sure how angie feels about him besides being a friend but when uh jp says like oh like he must be good with the ladies and she's like tobin like no and he's like oh once he gets to college like he's gonna clean up and then and then you know angie is just like you see like a nervous look yeah. like on her face and she admits to him like you know on the on the rooftop that uh, that sh- you know she's known for a while as well, but it's like what scared her, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't convinced. I'll put it that way. No, I was kind of surprised that she said that. Um, not surprised because like I knew it was gonna happen, but like realistically, like they're so close and friends. It's just unless they're gonna go end up going to the same co- like it's I'm sorry. Well, it's not okay. Yes, it's not a good idea. Yeah. But I also like oh, it's always been you the entire time too. Like I didn't feel not for an acting performance. I didn't feel. I felt like that was rushed. You know, I wasn't yeah. like tugging at my heartstrings. Like could she? Be I fan? guess just early like even just early on in the story when they are like at Keon's house, right? So we're, like and then they're at. His house. They're just having all those conversations of like, this is our movie day where we watch movies, and all of a sudden they're changing up this tradition to go to, because JP invited her to a party. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess early on they've established like they have a lot in common. But no, it's not that they, I don't think they could. I think they probably would make a good couple. It just it was weird to me. Like oh, she's like trying to date this guy, this college guy, and like oh, it was always you. You know, yeah. it just I don't know. It felt a little out of place. I thought it was acted very well. I thought the scenes were good here. Just I was a little bit like, all right, another cliche little tie everything up in a bow. We pretty much tied everything up in a bow. Oh, the pig. I know. We didn't really mention that. Yeah, well, part of um, Addie's apology to Dory is she gives her the, like, little pig we saw in the window earlier. And, like I said, she gives Dory the confidence to go up to Carrie and say that you hurt me. And, um, And Dory says maybe she shouldn't have been, like, she could have said something similar to Addie, but not, you know, just in a nicer way of just like, you know, like you need to be less, you know, stop making all this drama in her life. Cause that's the big thing besides being attached to the phone. She just seems to like to try to find drama and create drama in these situations. Yeah. But yeah. So then that's, yeah. And then she ends up talking with JP or they say hi to one another. I'm like, she doesn't need someone right now. Like that's the, that's the biggest thing. Like with these, you know, like when it comes to the teen movies and love, it's just like, especially when you get the character saying like, Oh, you know, I want to be with you the rest of my life. It's just like, he's, we know, but even back then, like, I don't know. I just knew like, there's, there's a lot of things that are to still experience. Yeah. So just a lot of things are going to get in the way. So Kyle, I'll ask you this question. If this movie is so cliche and things get tied up so neatly, but we can hardly describe the conflict that takes place in this film. Why do you and I both enjoy this film? Christmas? Maybe, right? Like, Maybe. The, I magic really, of, the magic of Christmas? I enjoyed I was expecting uh, Joan Cusack to then all of a sudden like, have like angel wings or something <laughs> like that. Like, I enjoyed the film, and I know you said you did too, but like when you explain it, you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I did. I don't know. It's just better than, what's that one, that, the movie I talked with you? Oh, The Kissing Booth? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. For sure. It's better than that. It's not To Which All the Boys. Which is a Netflix movie as yes. well, right? Yes. Yeah. To, all the, to All the Boys I Loved Before was like the best Netflix teen movie that they've done. Okay. This one is definitely a good one, in my opinion, but it was filled with a lot of cliche. It was like... Some parts I'm not sure. I think the about. actors are just charming. Yeah, it's Christmas and the actors are good. Good actors and they're charming. There's like a couple. They have. They have. They when they're on the screen, I'm like, all right, let me hear them out. Like I want to. I think you're right. I think they actually had good chemistry. Yeah. I think they're charming. I think they feel like high schoolers. Yeah. And you're rooting for them, so. Yeah, they're young, so you are rooting for them. We're not like, like looking no, like, like, oh, they need a realistic thing needs to happen here. You yeah, know? like it's just like, oh, great, they they got together. Yeah, <laughs> no, because then when you have these other movies, like let's go to the storyline of like Love Actually, then you get like Snape cheating on, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Snape. Like, I literally pictured Snape. Yeah. Yes, Alan Rickman. Yes, I'm cheating on you, Mr. It, Potter. It, he's in a controversial Christmas movie, Die Hard. Yeah. Bruce Willis says it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I fall. I'm torn on it. It is. Starts with Christmas. There's Christmas music. Like ends with a big Christmas song. It's about like reuniting. It's like which feels like something of the holidays. <laughs> it has Carl Winslow, and he <gasps> isn't to the family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Carl. This, this day and age. <laughs> oh man. 
Love and tradition. <laughs> Which is very Christmassy too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think you're right. I think at this time of year, for a movie like this, maybe for me, it's because I've just been waiting for more high school Christmas films that I. I rather you know enjoyed it. Would I watch it again right now? Probably not. But I'd recommend. Hey, what? There are not very okay. There are very few amazing Christmas movies. No. Like Oscar level Christmas movies. Are there any Christmas movies that have won an Oscar? Like okay, well definitely not like Best Picture. But then you like there are ones that are really revered like. It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, but even at the time when some of those movies came out, there were flops. I know It's a Wonderful Life was a huge flop. Y- yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of, like, Oscar winners that are flops. But, I mean, there might have been, like, one or two in there that, like, um, maybe, like, was White Christmas a song before the movie, or was that written for the oh, movie? Oh, like, music-wise, okay. I don't mean like that. Oh, okay. But I, I, I mean, like, where people were... Christmas films that are in people's top ten lists at the end of the year. You know, it's rare to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the context of high school films, in the context of Christmas films, I think this is okay. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, I was shocked. Shocked. 83% by the critics. Wow. So they really liked it. 47 Isn't it great on a curve? Do you think, like... Please say that again, because I don't want... Do they grade on a curve? Like, do you think, like, critics... Again, like how we're like, oh, there's something about it. Like, do you think? Like, clearly, it's not like you know they you click on a bunch of stuff and then it adds it together like a one <laughs> one out of five or something like that. You are like just writing a number via emotion. I think, right? You yeah, know? yeah. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but I cut you off. So the so critics yeah, eighty. 80- I'm gonna cut it. So oh, okay. But the audience was forty seven percent. Wow. Which surprised me. A lot of people saying, wow, I found this to be really cliche. Even on Netflix, it has like two stars, two and a half stars. So maybe when adults are watching it for Christmas, they don't like it. I don't know. I don't know, but I enjoyed it. Like, if you again, if you compare it to the best films on Netflix, it's probably not going to score high. But it's just like fun Christmas movie with young people. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, you know, honestly, I might check out like the new Sabrina because of it because yeah. I enjoyed her acting. As crazy as it sounds, this made me want to check out almost all these other people's performances. Yeah, I'll watch Dora the Explorer once it's out. High school movie, technically. Oh. I gotta cover it. So, where will you rate this movie? And again, these days we rate things from an A to F scale. We'll get A plus to F, but you know what I mean. Okay. What? What? Are, what? On your report card for this film, what will you give it? I'll give it a B. I mean, I'm the same way. I had like B, B minus kind of way, which yeah. is still a good film. Yeah. I, you know, again, like am I maybe grading on like a little bit of a curve? I don't know. Like, maybe. Who knows? But it, if you and I cold turkey went into this almost knowing nobody in the film, not really watching a lot of films like this, not high school films, obviously, I watch a lot of them, but you know, this kind of modern Netflix teen film. Yeah. And both of us can enjoy it, then it can't be that bad. No, and that, I mean, so that's just like, you said maybe the adults that were watching it, like on Netflix, then didn't enjoy it, but like, obviously, when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes, like, those are adults reviewing it, so maybe maybe there's something that didn't connect with the kids. Maybe. Maybe the teenagers weren't feeling this one. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, 
I hate to say this, and I love Christmas, but is there anything more cliche than Christmas? The same things happen every year for all of us, almost, you know? Yeah. But that's okay. I'll go to my other holiday, and 4th of July is pretty cliche as far as what like are you saying like what the festivities holidays in general are cliche well yeah because they're about tradition which is fine yeah you know which is fine tradition is cliche like absolutely the last thing i want to say about this movie before we enter some of the other fun categories here is what do you think of the soundtrack and the music in general i don't really remember much of it so i can't say um yeah you know i think it had a lot of songs that maybe you and i didn't relate to i think it was a lot of newer songs okay they play it a lot, and I find in a lot of these Netflix films, they play really fast, really loud, for like a short period of time. Because like the rights or something to the song. No, I just think it's like let's get in as many like, as possible. Oh, like and like we'll ADHD. carry this over, carry that over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but it's something that like I enjoyed the soundtrack, but I, off the top of my head, couldn't remember too many songs from the soundtrack. What I found was interesting is. Most of the songs were not Christmas songs that they used. Yeah, well, those end up costing money, I guess. Maybe. I don't know if it's money or just the vibe they want to give. So, sleeping bag. If you had to do a sleeping bag, (laughs) that's hard for this film. If you want to just do a... If you have an idea of what your sleeping bag would look like. You do? Okay. I do know. What? A waffle sleeping bag. Oh, that'd be cool. Stay nice and warm like the zipper is like a piece of butter. <laughs> Are you saying like it'd be like a picture of like a close-up waffle? Or would it actually have the grooves of a waffle? Like Ooh. on the outside? Well, maybe, you know, like those like egg crate things? Yeah. Maybe it could like feel like that on the inside yeah. too, like plush Ooh, like that. Yeah, I could see But that. yeah, no, it would look almost like a, like a waffle taco, I guess, technically, in a way, like a, <laughs> in, in shape. Oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. Now, we do this now. Uh, sorry. I don't know if you've been on since we've had this uh, rent two movies, get one free category. No. So, picture yourself. You're in your youth. Or even now. It doesn't matter. Time-wise, you could pick any movies. But you and I are having this slumber party, this Christmas slumber party. Your guests are about to arrive. We rented, and again, doesn't really make sense because we have Netflix, but... <laughs> We've rented Let It Snow. But we noticed that the Blockbuster sign says, rent two movies, get one free. And we know it's going to be a fun weekend. Like, Uh, you remember they used to do this? Yeah. What two other movies would you rent along with this film? I mean, we're in the holiday season, so I have to choose, I feel like I have to choose Christmas movies. So I'm going to go with... Elf, because I just want like a straight up. I want, I want funny. Mm-hmm. Can't go then, wrong with Elf. And that, that's like good, because then that's like adults primarily. Not, there's like one kid in that movie, but that's like adults. This is teens. So then I want to go kid. So I'm gonna go with Santa Claus, so I get to hear that annoying kid go, Dad, Dad, Dad. Dad. And he, what's his name? Uh, Judge Judge Reinhold. Yeah. As like the. My wiener whistle, right? Oh, Isn't yeah, that? he wants the wiener whistle. I yeah. forgot what the mom wanted. Oh, so the the mystery date party. Yes. Yeah. That, that kid is so annoying. Yeah. But I liked uh, Bernard. Yeah, it was the snow globe. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of okay. The Santa Claus. Tinsel more than decorated. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in the longest Chris time. Papa Gijon. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Santa Claus. I can't believe you didn't do it. There we go. <laughs> the Santa Claus and what was it? Oh, Elf. Elf. Elf and Let It Snow. Yeah. Sounds like a fun Christmas evening. Yeah, it's just like a good, I feel like, covers all different ages. Um, you get, you know, a bit more heartstrings in Santa Claus, and then you get, like, the great comedy of Elf. Works for me. Yeah. So, Kyle, before your guests start to filter in for your Christmas carousel... Oh, where the hell are they? Yeah, I hope they show up. But, uh, <laughs> before that, why don't you plug, uh, your podcasts, as you have... I do. I have, two, I technically. Have two, technically. <laughs> um, so, well, let's go with, like, the one that, like, you know, Walt started it and then transformed into what we're doing right now, which was PSI Love Hoffman, which is kind of, which is now PSI Still Love Hoffman. Obviously, you can still check out all of the PSI Love Hoffman episodes that you and I covered, the 54 feature films yes. of Philip Seymour Hoffman's career, and we had some special episodes. We broke his career into three acts, and then we took kind of like half a year off and then we are now it's this this uh we we completed the first year of PS I still love Hoffman which I can't believe we did a year of that already where once a month we give the Hoff fans that's our uh, the name we dubbed our listeners the fans of again the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman and so we give you two options two films to vote and whichever one gets more votes we cover that one and uh so this we already did the December one, so now you can. And this is even this is coming out post voting, so yeah. So uh, and just a reminder for that show, guys. Um, for our first year, we did the first and fifteenth of the month. Next year will be the first and third Mondays of the month. Yes, and we talk a lot more about that on our mid month episode. Yeah, we also do mid-month episodes because we just, like, sometimes there's, like, some fun articles that come out. Like, I mean, the best uh, recent one, I would say, not even, I mean, recent, but, like, went last year when Sam Rockwell won uh, Best Supporting Actor in his speech, he did a shout-out to Philip Seymour Hoffman. So when, like, little things like that happen or when P.T. Anderson, you know, big-time collaborator with Philip Seymour Hoffman, he has, he has something new coming out, we talk about those things in the mid-month. And then uh, my solo podcast is called Foodie Films, and that's just a really fun uh, journey that I've been on where it started out just covering food-centric movies and then I started doing these other episodes called First Cut, where I talk with people, professionals in the food and drink industry, and those are really fun, just because uh, really cool to learn from those people and having great conversations with a lot of people I've never met before, uh, versus like I'll have more like friends on for the movie episodes, so we do those kind of two things, and it's just been really enjoyable, and I've been doing that for uh, almost... Uh, a little over a year now. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely fun. And again, I was on your Thanksgiving specials, and that was Yes, fun. the Friendsgivings. We covered all ten seasons. The Well, and even eleven episodes, technically, because... And Brian, I apologize. I never made a moist maker. I admitted this on <laughs> my most recent episode that after Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving weekend, it was, like, kind of cold out, and... My excuse was, like, I didn't need any more carbs, but at the same time, pretty much I didn't want to leave my place and pick up, like, 
bread or a roll, <laughs> so I just made like a plate of leftovers. Fair, fair. So, fair. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah, but yeah, no, that was really fun. That was kind of like your brainchild, and you brought it up last Thanksgiving, and that was that was just really fun. And so some new territory. We've uh, discussed foodie films, but we, those were some food centric uh, TV episodes. So probably do some more TV kind of stuff in the future. So. Fun stuff Definitely. to check out on, obviously, the Cage Club Podcast Network. Well, Kyle, I hear a little rumbling outside. And Is that the reindeer? Oh, you know, what do they say in the... Uh, arose such a clatter? Yes. <laughs> or in the Santa Claus, it's like, arose such a ladder company. <laughs> <laughs> Obscure reference. But, uh, yeah, I think you got to tend to your guests through it. Well, Kyle... You know, attend to your guest. I'm gonna go close the show out in another room because it's about to get rowdy in here. I can tell. Yeah. Thank drink, you I, so much for coming. On. I drink way too much eggnog. <laughs> Already? Whoops. <laughs> no coquito. No. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'm gonna say goodbye to the slumbers now and I'll join the party in a little bit. Yes, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> well, that was a fun one. I sure hope you agree. And I can't wait to join this party. But guys, uh-uh. I'm not letting you off the hook just because we're in the Christmas spirit here, just because we're in the mood, the Yuletide mood. You've got a homework assignment and it's to watch Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I'd like to make an announcement. Hogwarts Castle will not only be your home this year, but home to some very special guests as well. Please welcome our friends from the north, the proud sons of Durmstrang. And now, the lovely ladies of Bow Battens. I was just wondering if maybe you wanted to go to the ball with me. Mr. Weasley, place your right hand on my waist. Where? Is that Hermione Granger with Victor Crump? You're fraternising with the enemy. The enemy? Hogwarts has been chosen to host a legendary event, the Triwizard Tournament. And now, the champion selection, Victor Crump, Fleur Delacour, Cedric Diggory, <laughs> Harry Potter! How did you do it? I didn't put my name in that cup. I don't want eternal glory. It's not our moody. Father Kedavra. The killing curse. Only one person is known to have survived it, and he's sitting in this room. People die in this tournament. The devils are inside the walls. Someone's coming closer. I can feel it. The Dark Lord shall rise again. Is it Voldemort?
Yes, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is a high school movie. And yes, it is indeed a Christmas movie. And I've contacted my Harry Potter source on the matter, and it has been verified, okay? Don't give me any BS about that. It is your homework, and it's a pretty cool movie. So watch Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And of course, my guests will be Mike Manzi. Because if you remember on Third Time's a Charm, his show on the Cage Club Podcast Network, we talked about the third Harry Potter, and this is the fourth Harry Potter. So it's a natural continuation, and we'll be joined, of course, by a high school slumber party classic at this point, and a Harry Potter expert, Shawnee Mead. And I can't wait to talk to the both of them about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And that'll be a Christmas episode as well, so... I hope you like the theme this week, because it's continuing next week, trust me. And speaking of Christmas, I have a special Christmas deal for you, a little bit of a stocking stuffer. How about the gift of High School Slumber Party? For a limited time offer, I'm offering free passes to listen to High School Slumber Party on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Take advantage of it, your relatives and friends will be so thankful for you enlightening them on the glory and the awesomeness that is High School Slumber Party. And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever you're celebrating. If you're celebrating nothing, that's okay too. Let's just be joyous and wondrous together. And I'm going to leave you with, as I was doing some research, the song that Kyle and I were talking about early in the film, the song that opens it up, is actually sung by Shemake Moore, First Christmas, or in parentheses, That I Loved You. You know, he was the singer in the movie, he's that guy from Dope and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and I guess this is the lead song on Let It Snow. Later, dudes! That it happened tonight Had to take a couple tries But now the snow is falling just right Yeah Mistletoe right under the door Hold you close then hold you some more Ain't the fireplace is keeping us warm before yeah girl something here is different i couldn't hide it if i had to hide it if i had to go this ain't any christmas i can't believe that is the first christmas that i still here? It's over. Go home. Go.